it's like thinking of our body like a tree when we nourish the roots you know even if a leaf is falling off and dying it's not that that leaf needs to be like sewn back onto the tree you know and grafted <laughs> on it's that the roots need the right nutrients right yeah. and once the roots have that sufficient amount of nutrients the leaf gets stronger and it doesn't have that that you know disease anymore and it's mm-hmm. the same with our body so if we look at the roots of our system as our gut health no matter what we're dealing with when we support and heal whether you call it leaky gut or you know dysbiosis i mean there's so much going on in our guts and we can do really really simple basic things and experience profound benefits Welcome to the PS Younger Self podcast, where we talk to inspiring entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and creatives on how we can all crush our fears and optimize our lifestyle to live our most fulfilling lives, and always on our own terms. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of PS Younger Self. I'm your host, Chris, and we have a great show for you today as we are exploring what it means to understand holistic nutrition for better health. Our guest is a registered herbalist of the American Herbalist Guild and a certified holistic nutritionist and national educator at Four Sigmatic, a leading functional mushroom nutrition brand. She has studied Ayurveda in India and became a certified yoga instructor on the banks of the Ganges River. She then worked with naturopathic doctor in Indonesia, where she became a certified raw chef and a detox coach. But it was leading trekking adventures into the backcountry of Thailand, where she became particularly fascinated by herbal medicine. She also now operates her private practice in Colorado, where she works with clients specializing in the treatment for individuals with autoimmune conditions and chronic illness. So please meet our guest, Danielle Ryan Brioida. Welcome, Danielle. So great to see you and have you here with me. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. It's an honor to be with you today, Chris. Thank you. You say, and I've been, you know, reading up and preparing to speak with you today, that the importance of honoring and understanding the art of healing really starts with holistic nutrition. And this is one of the pillars that you speak on and work with within your practice. Can you first start off telling us, what do you mean by holistic nutrition? What does that entail? Yeah, great question. So every single thing we put in our body, whether it's a breath of air or water or the food we eat or the medicine we ingest, it's all affecting the ecosystem of our body. So I really look at the body rather than a machine, which is more of the common kind of Western approach to the body. We have all these different parts that function, you know, and if one part's broken, you fix that part. Holistic is looking at the body more aligned with the way we look at nature, right? The way we look at a forest or the ocean, where when you affect one piece of um, that ecosystem, there's a chain reaction. And so when we talk about holistic nutrition, we understand that when we eat something, it's not necessarily like um, we eat fat and then we get fat, right? There's like these <laughs> common mistakes. We eat something and it has a chain reaction in our body um, that can either assist our our healing and our vitality and our well-being, or we can eat something that uh, does the opposite. And it's all connected. So while you know, a lot of times holistic nutrition, we focus on whole foods. So mm-hmm. I like to explain that as, you know, foods are great, 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 great grandmothers would all recognize nothing with a nutrient facts panel label on it. Really, when we say holistic, it's this ecosystem approach to the body and knowing that whatever we put in affects an entire range of our system, you know, whether it's our our nervous system, our digestive system and our immune system, Mm -hmm. it's all connected. Mm, I love how you described it as a connection or of the ecosystem of the body. And when you were describing it that way, it made me think then, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, it's not, it would, we would be remiss to think of holistic nutrition, you know, as this piece of the whole holistic wellness 
pie, right? Because as you said, everything is connected. And to have that vitality and wellness and overall health, it's that one piece of the whole pie. And curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, so nutrition on its own can support us in immense ways greater than we we often give credit for especially in our our current system of thinking and yet it is one piece of the puzzle so it's not like you know i have a a client coming to me and they have an autoimmune condition and we can solve it completely by shifting their diet there's a ton of improvement that can happen through this nutrition mm-hmm. angle but it also necessitates how are they sleeping right what kind of exercise are they doing? How are they breathing? This is a huge under-recognized piece of holistic wellness. What herbs or what medicine, whether it's natural or pharmaceutical, are they taking? So nutrition is a big piece of the puzzle, but as you said, it is one piece of the, the pie. Yeah, no, and you definitely hit it on so many different um, aspects of, you know, that holistic approach. And so let's go back to the nutrition component for, for a bit here, because that is a topic at hand. And I also feel like from the way you're describing it, it's not like as simply as saying, replacing some items in your fridge or pantry with more fruits and vegetables. You know, and I feel like that could be a very quick and blanketed statement. And as you mentioned and helped us understand, it's a uh, a whole lifestyle kind of 360 approach. Are there any misconceptions of understanding what holistic nutrition is? Yeah, I think it can be really overwhelming and people can be like, oh my God, I don't want to shift my whole diet or I don't want to give up things that I love. And so the big piece to starting on the journey to improving your vitality, which we all want to do, right? We want to be less stressed. Mm -hmm. We want to sleep better. We want to have more energy. And we can do that through the foods that we eat and these choices that we have every day, right? All of us are eating, you know, two, three meals every single day. So we have this choice. And yet if we try to do everything at once, the sustainability piece is not going to be there, right? We'll try it for Mm. a few weeks. This is like classic fad diet, trendy culture. And so meeting yourself where you're at has been huge. And Mm -hmm. it can be as simple as starting by adding an extra cup of blueberries into your diet every week or switching from drinking tap water to drinking a more, I call it, you know, more water that isn't empty. So water that actually contains the minerals like whether it's spring water or using stones to reactivate and remineralize our water, right? These We can have these little simple shifts and it's this amazing domino effect that happens. So mm. when you meet yourself where you're at, you're like, okay, what am I ready to do? Maybe it's one thing I, I recommend the maximum three shifts per, you know, in my work, it's per session. So that could be every two to four weeks. Um, and really you nail those things. You make them part of your routine. You incorporate them into your life every day. And it gives you the momentum to want to do more. It's really amazing. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. and I was going to say that momentum leads to compounded effects, right? Absolutely. And it, it motivates you to want to do more. I have this really great story that's coming up right now. And it's, uh, I was working with a, a client, a young man, and he had a pretty, uh, intense case of a uh, gut autoimmune condition. It was it was Crohn's disease, and the only I mean his diet was all over the place, and there were so many things that he was like I, I don't even know where to start. And we literally started by adding more berries. We're like I'm like okay we're gonna you know we had different herbs going on, but on the nutrition front it was let's add one cup of any berry of your choice into your diet every week. And, you know, come, come back and see me in, in two to four weeks. And after I think it was two or three weeks, I got an, I got a message from him and he had gone to the movie theater and he was like, Hey, Danielle, I'm really curious what's in these berries because for the first time in my life, I went to the movie theater and I didn't, my body didn't crave popcorn or a soda. And so I'm so curious what, what's happening with the berries. And it was just like beautiful, innocent, you know, uh, just profound, like, I'm like, you just nailed it. Like, 
his body was, it was, it was nothing obviously in the berries, but he had made that mental shift, met himself where he's Mm. at. And he was on that path to improving his vitality and these bad practices or these practices that, you know, maybe deep down knew weren't nourishing his body really began to fall away, you know, without even being conscious about it. He didn't even have to make the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it all comes back to meet yourself where you're at. And then the simple changes, you know, we can, we can add before we take away. I think that's another big myth is people are like, Oh God, I don't want to work with a nutritionist because she's going to make me cut out gluten or dairy or corn or all these things that I love. Yeah. And my approach is always add on more. So without ever depriving or doing an elimination diet, I do that a lot. Uh, but the first approach is building off of what you already have. Right. So that's uh, like in your cup more. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love what you said. Well, so much there, but I really want to latch on to your approach of add before you take away. And when you mentioned earlier about, you know, our fad diet culture, I feel like, you know, most of our diet culture, and it's a massive, massive industry. I mean, I think by uh, just in the U.S. alone, it's worth uh, $71 billion or something. And I feel like depending on who you ask and your perspective, the diet culture will uh, uh, either people will think it's working for you or exploiting our insecurities. And a lot of it is like these elimination diets or restricting diets. Like if you think of the popular keto and paleo, which I never did, and I just feel like a lot of these are eliminating things, um, certain food groups, which can feel so restricting and, um, and who knows. And I feel like it has a one size fits all prescription versus what I feel like I'm understanding is this holistic approach is really understanding the unique individual because we're all very different genetically, environmentally, and and if we understand epigenetics, you know we know that our personal experiences and environment all even affect our gene expression. So I loved how you said simply like it's more also about adding adding more that's healthy and good for you versus taking away. Yeah, Chris, this is a really big point. This bio individuality, which is so often overlooked in the world of nutrition, it's easier to. Mm-hmm understand in other avenues, like, yeah, okay. From the herbal perspective, you know, we have, it's more obvious. Like we have herbs that are really obviously warming things like ginger and cayenne. So if you have a more warm constitution, that might not be the right herb to bring you in balance, but the, mm. our food is the same way. So in all traditional cultures, original ways of, of practicing medicine, you know, some of the oldest medicine systems on the planet, like traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, there's an understanding that not all body, not all bodies are the same, right? And mm-hmm. there's these different body types in Ayurveda. There's three doshas in traditional Chinese medicine. There's four temperaments. And in the West and mm-hmm. the nutrition perspective that I hold, we have four different body types. So we okay. have, you're either on the spectrum of warm or cold or moist or dry. Mm-hmm. And all of us contain, Wait. so for Mm-hmm. Warm or cold or moist or dry. Right. Got it. Okay. Yep. Each person has a baseline, basically temperature and moisture level to them. And this can change based on where you live. So for example, when of medicine, there's a understanding that every body has a range and they're either on the spectrum of more cold to more hot, more dry to, to moist. And it's really easy to kind of look at yourself and there's so many messages that the body gives us to tell us where we fall on that spectrum. So a really obvious place to start is where you live. So if you live in the mountains in a higher elevation and a drier climate, you're likely going to be prone to have a drier constitution. But if you live by the sea, by the equator where it's really moist and humid, you likely might be prone to be more moist um, otherwise, you know, there's so many ways, whether it's, um, how loudly you speak, right. You could be on the, on the hotter side if you're like louder and bigger personality versus more quiet and shy is, is a tendency to be more cold. 
Um, if you're in a room with a lot of people and half the people have tank tops on and are, are really hot and the other people have sweatshirts on, right? You can kind of get <gasps> this information about where you fall on that spectrum. That's so fascinating. Um, that never heard of that. And, and that term, uh, bio-individuality is new to me. So, and you answered it. I was going to ask you, well, how do you know when someone's warm or cold? And it actually reminded me, um, a long time ago, I went to see a Chinese herbalist um, mm. you know, I was in, in college, undergrad. And because I always had cold hands and cold feet, and I remember him telling me, oh, you have a, you're, you're, you're a cold person. And at mm-hmm. first, I, Danielle, I had no idea what he meant. I took that as so offensively. I'm not cold, but <laughs> <laughs> but something about like bad blood, poor blood circulation, and I had to take certain uh, foods to help with that. But right. that's so interesting. So based on our four body types, you would be able to personalize and recommend what foods are better. Yes. Or, uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. So this is critical. First, like coming up with your baseline. It's like, okay, where, where am I at? What's my temperament? And then from there, choosing the right, whether it's herbs or foods to bring you into balance. So there's no right or wrong. You know, it's not like warm and moist is great and, and cold and dry is bad. It's just an understanding. It just is, okay, this is where you're at. And if you are, you know, for me, I'm a very moist and hot person. I'm really fiery. I have a lot of energy. And so mm-hmm. I often crave foods that continue to keep me in that kind of out of balance spectrum, right? Like things that are really spicy. I love pouring spice on my foods or fermented <laughs> foods are really heating. But me what too. Really brings me into balance mm-hmm. as, you know, and hopefully people can relate to this if you're more of a, a warm person are cooler foods, right? So that means mm. foods that are not cooked, that don't have spice to them. Um, you know, mm. raw food salads, especially, you know, depending on the time of year is really key too. But it's really, it's such an amazing way. It's kind of a lens to try on that really helps us understand not all bodies are the same. So when we hear about these fad diets, like this person should be vegan or more, you know, paleo or keto or gluten-free. It's like that completely depends on what's right for your body. And so I think starting there can empower us so much more to make choices that are right for us rather than, you know, something we read, which can be so confusing. So no matter what diet or what type of nutrition advice you get, there's going to be the opposite out there as well. Exactly. You know, very good point. And sorry if this is an obvious question, but if you're saying the way you were describing, you are a warm and moist person. And I kind of sound like maybe I fall into that spectrum because I love really spicy foods too and fermented food. I was a Korean, I eat kimchi or I have to eat kimchi all the time. But is there could we have too much of something? Like if, could I have too much of spicy and, and uh, create and not have my body, you know, alkalized and, and out of balance? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How do we know that? Yeah. So there's a lot of signs, but if you're experiencing, I mean, all of us have some sort of symptom picture that we're dealing with and that often can be an expression of, too much in one direction or another, right? Mm. So we look at, I mean, poop and digestion is an amazing (laughs) tool to understanding (laughs) what's going on inside our body. And, you know, we can't talk about holistic nutrition without, no, just saying that there's few areas of research that have more, you know, active conversation right now than gut health. And we're finally realizing that from sciences and, you know, modern research is catching up to what we've known for thousands of years, um, that our gut rules everything. And so, yeah, whether I think one of the, the greatest tools is, um, looking at our stools and seeing what's mm. going on and that being a sign, it's like literally getting a picture of what's going on inside our body. It's so important and fascinating. I hope we can normalize poop conversations. <laughs> Um, I love that. Yeah. And not be so uncomfortable about it as a natural part of our, of our health and human beings. I I love that. And, and, you know, we are learning so much more. There's so much talk and conversation about uh, microbiome and, and how all, I think I've heard that all disease actually 
begins in our microbiome. Yeah. Um, is that correct? I mean, I would never say the word all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we are finding a vast majority of our, our yeah. immune cells of, you know, even serotonin and our mood is operated. Our skin health so much is mm. dictated by the health of this you know, vast ecosystem. When we talk about ecosystem and we have an entire ecosystem in our, in our gut that we call our microbiome. I like to say mycobiome too, because we're finding there's not just bacteria in there. There's lots of fungi, which has been uh, my area of expertise. So myco or microbiome, um, yeah, dictates so much. And by basically feeding different organisms in that microbiome, we can shift how we feel our mood, our immune system, how strong we are, how much energy we have, how, um, you know, how we're able to stay asleep or get to sleep. I mean, there's so much that we can, I think everything that we're eating, I think of it like we're either feeding the good or we're feeding the bad in this ecosystem of our gut. And it becomes a really exciting choice of like, yeah, I want the good guys to thrive. So what can I do to support those you know, beings that are, that are residing and, and supporting me inside, um, to make me feel the best that I can feel. Um, mm -hmm. and when we take that perspective, like, okay, I can make the choice to have these beneficial bacteria thrive. Of course, I want to eat some things that are going to, uh, encourage that growth rather than the opposite. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So interesting. And so, um, Danielle, if a client came to you and uh, they described to you their lifestyle and including, uh, you know, as you mentioned about how, you know, food can affect our mood as well too, and, um, you know, describe their recent fluctuations in mood and their lifestyle and their current diet, besides the first step where you helped us really understand that there are four different types and, and underlining the baseline temperament. Are there other approaches that you take to understand the person's unique set and personalize and create that holistic nutrition plan? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we need okay. like a mock uh, like intake session. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's so it's so different when I have um, you know uh, the first session that I have with my clients is actually two two and a half hours. Um, so we really go into depth, everything, everything is relevant. And what I mean by that is we go through, you know, sleep, stress, uh, exercise, family health, diet, like what their best and worst breakfast is, lunches, what snacks they are eating, what they're craving. This can be a really important piece of understanding what you're um, deficient in from a, from a nutrient, you know, phytochemical level, whether it's vitamins or minerals, um, what oils you're using, you know, the quality of your water. I mean, there, nothing is not relevant today. You know, we're, we're living in a world where our bodies are constantly responding and, and working on overtime to bring us into a state of balance, right? It's like, there are stressors and not just, you know, news and driving and the state of the world we're living in, but in our food and our water and our soil and our air and our bodies are these amazing, you know, instruments, ecosystems that are constantly calibrating to keep us in the state of balance, right? How can mm -hmm. we maintain the proper blood sugar balance, the, the proper blood pressure, you know, the make sure we're not stuck in a state of fight or flight, right? We're like, I think of this, um, like a little balancing. I wish you could see my hands, like going mm -hmm. back and forth and our bodies are like, okay, okay, we're responding and we're, we're trying to keep us in balance. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, even emotional health is, can be a really big trigger to the state of our physical health. Um, and I've seen this a lot, especially in cases, you know, where there's chronic illness and autoimmune conditions, it's really intense to feel like your body is not on your side right? And your mm. body is kind of attacking you. Um, and so things like meditation and breath and yoga, these are all also critical to bringing yourself into this state of holistic vitality. Um, and so the approach can be, you know, again, it, it's so individual, but it can be, I mean, diet is always a piece of it. Uh, herbal support, you know, 
I call them vitalist practices, which are practices that raise our our vital force, our chi, our life force, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so those can be more in the realm of like meditation or pranayama or yoga. Mm. Uh, and then supplements are really big too. So it kind of it all it all plays into the soup of where you're at, and different things will come and go based on based on your progress, right? That's something important too is the follow up. It's not like, okay, we have this great intake. Then I come up with really three things in each session that will be the most, I think will move the needle the most. Um, Ah, Okay. And then from there, ideally the body shifts, right? Once you incorporate these new practices, new foods, the body begins to change and you need different things several weeks later. And so it's, it's this um, constant maintenance which doesn't have to feel overwhelming. It's kind of exciting. It's like, wow, my body has shifted. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Now I don't necessarily need, you know, all that magnesium that I was taking in the beginning because I don't have that same level of stress. And now I can move into a different phase of my of my healing. Mm. Well, I love and and again, everything you said, it really then underscores the meaning of a holistic nutrition yes. plan. Yes. It is looking at the full 360, every layer of and every aspect of the lifestyle and um, uh, factors within our environment. But I, to your point, yes, and I was going to actually ask, you know, do I would assume clients could feel overwhelmed because it's like, Danielle, but they're okay. Now you're telling me uh, there's this, this, and this, and this that's all affecting, you know, my overall health. But I like mm. how you said at the end of it, you narrow it down to three kind of areas or things that can really shift the needle if you prioritize that. And I think that could be really powerful for, you know, someone venturing in into a new health plan, a new lifestyle plan, because uh, to our earlier point and how you commented how uh, when you make these smaller steps and you feel the momentum then that gets us excited. You can see the changes. And and then when you maintain that, you see the compound effect. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, even though there's all these things that are affecting our well-being, mm-hmm. from a holistic perspective, we can really boil it down and begin, you know, we're always looking at, okay, what's the root of the, the issue? So, you know, gut health is a, is a great place to start, no matter if the symptom picture is all over the place. You know, if you're like, I have insomnia, I have headaches, um, you know, I'm, I'm gaining all this weight, I have rashes on my arm, whatever the symptom picture is, starting with the gut health, like we want to make it simple. So like, yes, all these things are, are affecting how you're feeling, but we're not trying to trace each of those symptoms, right? So it's not like, okay, I need this for my rash and I need this for my head and I need this for my sleep. It's like, when we start from a place of gut health, you know, and a couple other places to start are like supporting the stress response, supporting the liver. I think those are the big foundational three. Um, but when we start from that place, no matter what you're experiencing, it's incredible what symptoms you're like. I, I can't tell you how many times people are like, okay, I've come to me with like, I, I have uh, I've had migraines my whole life, right? I have seasonal allergies. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're going to start by repairing your gut, you know, and I have a, a gut formula tea that we'll do and we'll do vitamin D to tighten the junctions around the gut and magnesium. And, you know, there's this like baseline protocol that we can start with. And people are like, why? I, I'm not coming to you with digestive issues. I came to you with migraines. I came to you. And once the gut begins to heal, right? Symptoms begin to, you know, I don't want to say go away forever, but the symptoms begin to disappear. Mm-hmm. And so it's this, it can be really simple when we, it's like thinking of our body like a tree. When we nourish the roots, you know, even if a leaf is falling off and dying, it's not that that leaf needs to be like sewn back onto the tree, you know, and grafted back <laughs> on. It's that the roots need the right nutrients. Right. And once the roots have that sufficient amount of nutrients, the leaf gets stronger and it doesn't have that, that, you know, disease anymore. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with our body. So if we look at the roots of our system as our gut health, no matter what we're dealing with, when we support and heal, like literally, you know, healing, we have 
whether you call it leaky gut or, you know, dysbiosis. I mean, there's so much going on in our guts and we can do really, really simple, basic things and experience profound benefits in a really short amount of time. And then it's almost like clearing the fog, you know, if like you're in a shower and you have your glass and it's full of fog and you're like, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) With the gut health, it's like the symptom picture becomes much simpler. It's like, okay, now that your gut health is intact, that you're actually absorbing, this is key, like absorbing the foods that you're ingesting. Because sometimes we have a super healthy diet, you know, we have uh, we're not eating the foods that are causing chronic inflammation, like doing a lot of things right. But often the body isn't absorbing all of the nutrients from the foods that you're ingesting. So like we really want to get your gut intact so that you can actually benefit from even your supplements, like make sure that you're you're getting that those things be, are bioavailable to your body. And then from there, you know, see what clears and then what's left. And you can start from that place. Mm. And then when you really speak about, you know, getting, and I love your tree analogy it, and getting to the root issue, it really just sounds like the difference between, you know, preventative medicine and preventative approach versus what I feel like, you know, from my perspective, a lot of kind of the allopathic medicine and, and mm. health is more treatment, you know, those symptoms as you spoke of, okay, how do I put this, how do I treat that symptom and that symptom? And it's kind of like band-aid effect, you know, as opposed to this holistic approach is getting to that root issue, um, which you spoke of and, and use that really great tree, tree analogy. Right. And we need both. You know, I think we've gotten to a point where Mm-hmm. Some people's health is so extreme that they need a Band-Aid just mm-hmm. temporarily to like, you know, literally stop the bleeding while they can repair their gut health. Yeah. And where we can start is we don't have to be sick to start working on our health, right? Ah, and start well feeling said. better. So, I, I mean, and ideally we don't, you know, there's systems of medicine. It's, uh, you know, where is it? I think it's um, not it's in Bhutan, I believe. And it's like doctors are paid based on the, based on the health of the people in the country. Right. So it's like the less doctor visits, the more doctors get paid. So fascinating. And it sounds like it would be the opposite in the U S but anyway, wow. (laughs) Right. Cause it means the doctors are doing healthy. That is so powerful. And I feel so, like real index of, you know, measuring the health of a country versus, you know, how how many people are actually addicted to prescription drugs or whatnot. But wow, that is yeah. really, really powerful. Yeah. So we can get there. <laughs> of like- course we can with more conversations with people like you that are, you know, educating us on the importance mm-hmm. and value of this holistic approach, I think is is – definitely progress and uh, um, in the right direction. I know we really, really spoke about how holistic nutrition is a very personalized, individualized approach uh, and versus prescriptive. But if we may, I'm assuming there there would be some like must eat foods that could be universally really good in everyone's diets for some of the healing benefits or nutrition. Can we, can you share if there are any, like some of the must that we can all benefit from? Definitely. So before the specific foods, some rules of thumb, no matter what constitution, temperament, where in the world you're living, some really kind of ground rules in my perspective are eating locally as much as possible. And we could have a whole episode on the nutritional benefits of what happens when we actually eat our food locally and we pick our food from the area that we are living in that when the food is ripe. So eating locally as much as possible. Uh Okay. Um, Eating seasonally. This is huge. And it speaks to the way our bodies evolved. You know, when we are living through the winter, our bodies are colder. We're indoors. Our bodies need more fermented foods, you know, heavier foods, root vegetables versus the spring. Our bodies are ready to detox. So we need more like light. We call them creasy greens, you know, things like dandelion. So seasonal eating. And then as much as we can eat organic, you know, the better. I just read this shocking 
statistic the other day that the average American is ingesting seven pounds of herbicides and pesticides a year. <gasps> seven yeah. pounds a year? Yeah. Ooh, yikes. So, okay. you know, when we actually think about how much a pound is, like think about feeling a pound of some sort of food in your, your hand, um, it's pretty alarming. It's pretty um, so, and that's just when we talk about stress and our body's response to stress, it's a lot of work, right? We're giving our bodies a lot of extra work to try to detox and process when mm-hmm. we should be using that energy for our vitality, right? To actually go out and want to run and have peak mental function. And when we add these things like so much toxins into our diet, our bodies are absorbed by needing to get rid of that before we can use that energy, you know, for, for our benefit. So locally seasonal organic are like the pillars, no matter where you are. Um, and then I'm a little biased, but the foods (laughs) that I think are the most powerful that all of us could be incorporating like right now, yesterday are this group called adaptogens. Yes. Okay. So these are, these are the most. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. For those who may not know what adaptogens are, can you describe it? What it is? Yes. Yeah. Adaptogens are. So basically when it comes to different foods or herbal medicines, we group things based on their action in the body right? So there's different foods that are herbs that will put you to sleep. You know, we call those nervines or sedatives, things like chamomile or mint, valerian. Adaptions are another kind of umbrella category like this. And what's so unique about them is they are non-specific in their function. And so what that means is they're not directly stimulating our system. They're not suppressing functions in our body. They work with each individual body. This is like so apropos to what we've been speaking on to deliver your body what it needs. So it it kind of has this like push pull effect, um, like a gas brake on a car, cruise control effect um, <laughs> with the body. So you know, with autoimmune conditions, a lot of our adaptogens are immune modulators. So they have the ability to downregulate immune activity if there's too much happening, or activate and increase immune activity if there's a deficient amount of, of, um, immune cell operation, basically. Uh, so there's this, you know, they work with your body to deliver you what you need Mm -hmm. and they're incredibly nutrient dense. So, um, these are really the most complex when it comes to the amount of phytochemicals and phytonutrients in our foods. These are the most complex foods on the planet. They're like the superior, herbs and foods, you know, they're things like cacao and turmeric, um, a lot of our mm-hmm. mushrooms like reishi, um, lion's mane cordyceps. We have like roots like rhodiola and ashwagandha and they are, you know, if we could have like a cheat sheet right now, like we are all st- more stressed than we've ever been as a global, you know, Species, human race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And adaptogens feel like okay, if we could do one thing to like, just kind of have that, it's not a magic pill, but it's, it's close. It's like, this is okay. How can we really bring something on board that's safe? That's non-toxic. And that's really going to take our bodies out of a state of stress and bring us into basically give us our tools to, to be more balanced. Right. Mm. We talk about like the body constantly trying to find that sense of equilibrium these adaptions are, are like flooding our system with the um, necessary compounds to bring us into that state quicker. So our bodies don't have to work as hard um, to get us into that state of balance. And from that state of balance, I mean, everything else has the opportunity to come to life. It's mm-hmm. like, we can sleep again, we can think again, we can, you know, have enough energy to run again. But when we're stressed, like, cellularly stressed, um, Mm. our bodies are, are in fight or flight, right? We're in survival mode. And and that's where so many of us are caught in right now. So Mm. I think adaptogens are like our, our best tool right now, no matter where you are, um, to kind of, to start, start raising that vitality. Mm. 
You've definitely sold uh, me on the adaptogens. And <laughs> when you mentioned, you know, some of the foods that are adaptogenic, like the the fungi, and I know um, that's a whole different area of expertise you have. And I did a fascinating conversations with um, uh, some founders of uh, functional mushroom brands, and I was blown away, Danielle, with the powers and the benefits, uh, the functional benefits of of the whole mushroom. They're so incredible. Family, yeah. The whole Um, kingdom. It is a kingdom. It's a universe. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, and, and but you can find it's not just mushrooms that are adaptogens or right. and you can find it in some of these other foods and herbs like you mentioned turmeric and cacao yes. um i had heard amazing benefits of turmeric so every morning i actually start with hot water and lemon with a pinch of turmeric as my amazing elixir okay. pro tip chris crack a few um like turns of black pepper into that oh what? Oh, does the black pepper uh, create the stronger like potency in the turmeric? What is the pepper? Yes. Do? So there's, oh my gosh, synergy. We got to talk about synergy for a minute. Every, yes. there's this incredible, within plants, this is why it's so important to eat whole foods rather than isolated compounds or processed foods yeah. because there's this, there's this thing that's called synergy that takes place, right? So in adaptogens, that's the push-pull. There's, you know, uh-huh. uh, certain compounds that will be stimulating, certain that will be um, calming. And so they work together and there's this synergistic action. Um, so in turmeric, right, our amazing anti-inflammatory, we call it like gold of the gods. It's incredible, mm. bright gold root. The active compound in there is called curcumin, right? And this is what mm-hmm. has been studied to be incredibly anti-inflammatory. And what um, we found is that this black pepper, papera nigra, activates, this piperin in the black pepper activates that curcumin by 40 times. What? 40 times that big of a difference? 40 times. Wow. So, and it can just be a tiny bit. So you can Pinch. just crack, okay. crack a little black pepper anytime you're having turmeric and it's like, poof, you're just bringing that curcumin to life. Thank you so much for that pro tip, but explaining the reason why, because I think I heard someone else mention that pepper and I'm like, oh, pepper, like how is it going to taste? Right. Um, but the- And it can just be a teeny pinch. Got it. But yeah. the, the dramatic difference in, you know, activating Huge. the benefits of the cucumin in it, whoa, by 40%, how could you right. not? Hello. Right. Yep. And this is the thing. Yeah. I mean, oh, we could talk about this with like every food, but that's like why cooking is so exciting. It's like, but with our mushrooms, that's another thing. So if people want to start with adaptogens, um, you know, functional mushrooms are such an amazing place to start. Uh, vitamin C is one of the key synergistic allies that activate um, the the one of the key beneficial compounds in our mushrooms, which are the beta-glucans, right? These complex Mm. polysaccharide sugar chains that support our immune system and have this modulation effect. So that's why, you know, in Four Sigmatic, we formulate with rose hips. Um, Rose hips is one of our richest foods in vitamin C. So increasing that potency in your your supplement. Um, So the formulation is so fun. And, you know, you can formulate to activate compounds. You can formulate for your own body, um, and that's like round two podcast two. <laughs> no, totally. Like I, I'm trying to be mindful of time, but I'm so fascinated. I want to go so much deeper because I never heard of and thought about this whole synergistic approach to the mm. foods we eat. And I wonder if I yeah. can just ask this one last question, because I heard you on a different podcast and really speaking about how important it is to have diversity in, yes. in our foods. And I wonder, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that somehow correlated with synergies too? in the foods or why? Why the diversity? Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, diversity is so key. We're finding that it's not just eating the right things. Yeah. It's that we have, you know, trillions of microorganisms, you know, that comprise this microbiome, microbiome. (laughs) And the more diverse foods we eat, the more of those microorganisms we're feeding. 
right? Ah, so we, the, the healthier ecosystem has, you know, more species. So think of an ecosystem with like two species. It's a, got it. not much is going on. If we can feed all of the different bacteria, fungi, you know, in our gut, we can have a thriving ecosystem. And so if you're wow. eating the same food every day, you're only feeding those organisms that respond to that food group you know, or that specific vitamin or that specific micro macronutrient. And so real, you know, the, the dramatic improvement in gut health is not just eating the right things. It's the more diverse foods that we can eat, the more diverse colors, the more diverse fruits, the more diverse vegetables, Mm. you know, so eating, and this is why like farmer's markets and eating local can be so exciting. So when we go to the grocery store, it's so easy to, to get into routine. Um, and routine is important with certain things for sure. Yeah. But when it comes to our diet, I think the more we can be creative, like my my partner Gavin and I, we have like a goal, like okay, let's try to find get at least one to three new things every week that we've never cooked with. Maybe it's I a love snack. that goal. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we can adopt that and see how it you're feeding different parts of your body, different parts of this microorganisms in your gut. Danielle, you inspired me immediately as of this weekend to set that fun uh, but necessary goal because I was going to say, first of all, really, really simple but great way of um, helping me and hopefully my listeners understand why diversity is feeding more organisms in the body. But I am guilty of... I'm. I love vegetables, uh, by the way. I feel like I have a pretty healthy diet. I eat about like six to eight different varieties of vegetables daily, twice a day. However, yes. uh, however, Danielle, this is where you've inspired me with you and your partner's goal of finding something new every week is I get in a routine. I kind of eat the same you know, six, eight, sometimes, you know, I, when I'm just inspired at the supermarket, like, um, after my fascinating conversations with the CEOs of these, uh, functional mushroom brands, I'm like, oh, I went out and bought all these exotic different types of mushrooms, but for the most <laughs> part, I do have a routine. So with my, my veg, I don't get, I don't eat a lot of fruit either. Cause I don't, I don't particularly like fruit. I love my vegetables, but mm. I love your goal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just start with one and, and, you know, you can find one new recipe with that, that new plant and go from there and make it fun. Right. I think we've gotten so in this trap of like, oh my God, what can I, what should I eat and what shouldn't I eat and how do I do it? And is this right? And I think that's equally as detrimental to our body as eating the wrong things. Mm -hmm. So it's having this approach of like being excited and, and, honoring your food and being like, thanks for nourishing me and giving me life and vitality and, and playing, yeah. right? Like bringing that sense of joy back into, back into our plates and it changes everything. You know, I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I am constantly cooking and soaking seeds and sprouting things. And I mean, it's like <laughs> never ending project in my kitchen. Um, and it's like people taste the foods that all, it's like the same exact recipe. And like, what are you doing differently? You mm. know, why does it taste so different? And it's like, I just added some love in there. And it sounds I so love great, <laughs> But it's like, I really, when, when like putting that into our food, like when we're playing with things, when we're cooking, just being like, thanks, you know, you've gone through a lot and you're nourishing me. And like, that's, mm. that's even a great place to start. If you don't want to change anything in your diet, change the attitude towards, you know, what's, what's on your plate. And this is, I mean, like, oh yeah. No, that was so beautifully said. I love that. I was going to say like, you know, even changing the framework of our language from like should to play to use your word was so, so beautiful. And, and Mm. that, that, extra best ingredient is that that love. I (laughs) not have said it better. So on that note, I do have to ask you um, again, because I do want to be mindful, but one of my favorite questions to ask all of my guests, Danielle, is if you can go back to your younger self at any age in her life to remind her to live fully in the present and always on her terms, is there something you'd like to pass on? Wow. That's an amazing question. I love that you end with this. <laughs> um, 
I think that that joy of, I was just talking about this recently. It's hilarious. When I was a little girl, I, uh, my first word was more. I was really chubby. <laughs> I always wanted more food. And my favorite food was hot dogs. And this is like hilarious knowing me because I've been a plant-based eater now for like 20 plus years. <laughs> um, but I brought that sense. I was so excited, you know, to, to eat. And it was that sense of joy and gratitude. I actually had a name for my belly. I called my belly Rosabelle. I thought that she oh. wasn't my body. So yeah, my mom would so say, cute. Oh my God. Well, you've had enough. And I'm like, you know, it's not me. Rosabelle's hungry still. <laughs> And it was this like sense of such innocence and and play that I think you know we've lost in 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 eating you know and in nourishing ourselves and like bringing that just like honoring I think that little girl and being like way to way to love those hot dogs you know way to just like own what you loved and be bring that sense of joy to every meal. Um, because that shifted how I digested it, you know, and how I felt. And um, I think if we can all do that, you know, we don't have to change anything, buy anything to start doing that right now. So mm. let's just like bring a little more joy and play into into our bellies, maybe like feel our bellies. I think if like all of us <laughs> can do that, it's like, yeah, okay. Like really bringing that mindfulness into into that, like knowing there's a whole ecosystem working for us in there. So just honoring that and maybe smiling. <laughs> I I I am just overjoyed with uh, that answer and you bringing so much joy today in this conversation. Um, so uh, and hopefully we can have a follow up recording and session as well. But I do know that our listeners um, should connect with you, find you on online, everywhere. So please. Tell us where they can connect with you. Yes. My personal website is DanielleRyanWellness.com. And on all social channels, I'm at Danielle Ryan Broida. And then I'm also really active through um, our brand. So at Four Sigmatic or foursigmatic.com. Mm-hmm. Which is a incredible brand. And I have to honor you again, Danielle, for not just such an informative, insightful conversation. I learned so much. You've inspired me with that goal at the farmer's market this weekend. <laughs> but also the joy you've brought, so much joy. You've made me laugh. And I am really grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. And thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of P.S. Younger Self. It really means a lot to me that you're spending your time with me. So if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Leave me a review. Tell me what you think. It really helps me get more valuable content to you guys. So until next time, take care and remember to always live your life on your own terms.